0: Hello and welcome to Crankit Commentaries. Mein Deutsch ist schlicht, so I'm gonna stop right now. Well done. I, I'm I'm
1: uh, I commend you for sticking with the bit.
0: Welcome to Crankit Commentaries. I'm joined as always by my good friend Keaton Buyer. I am Jake Del Mastro. There you go. You said it. And today we're actually gonna we're gonna interrupt our little bit on um, a little bit on Godzilla. We're going to come yeah. back next week. Don't worry, that episode's, that episode's been recorded. We're going to get it out to you. But because it's Halloween, we figured we would do a horror movie. And, you know, what better to do than sort of the granddaddy of horror movies? Uh, we have the oldest film we've ever done. <laughs> 1922's Nosferatu.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm excited to do this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so if you couldn't tell by the intro this is a German movie. Hence the German that <laughs> the intro was like.
1: <laughs> I suppose that is a little bit out of place if you don't. I yeah. mean, I guess you can put that together pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know. You you introduced me to this movie a long time ago. How did you come across it?
0: I don't even remember. I think I was like just getting into like German expressionist cinema after having seen like Metropolis. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I I think this movie was just sort of the next logical step.
1: Yeah, totally. Cuz um how was the his name the director of Metropolis? I'm blanking on his name.
0: Uh Fritz Lang?
1: Fritz Lang, yeah. They were contemporaries.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um what this was 1922, Metropolis was 1927. Yeah. Uh and you know, uh Fritz Lang continued to do things into the 1930s. Yeah. Um so they were they 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 sort of were around at the same time for, for most of the 1920s doing stuff in Germany, yeah. Some some very famous uh, German expressionist cinema. All right. Uh, so, um, I guess I'll kind of talk a little bit about what the movie's about and what happens yeah, in it. Kind of important. So I mean, it's it's your classic like you know vampire tale. It's shockingly similar to dracula yeah although you know potentially uh in many ways it's actually closer to the novel than the 1931 film with Lugosi.
1: yeah it it, well it's an unofficial adaptation
0: (laughs) yeah so but basically what happens is that uh you have this guy named hooter uh who gets he's i guess he's a real estate agent basically
1: that's yeah what uh, they call it something different but to modernize yeah. it, I think he's just a real estate agent.
0: Yeah, and so he gets uh, told by his boss, Nock, uh, that uh, a Count Orlock in Transylvania wants to come to the town of Visborg and buy a piece of land, specifically the land across from Hooter's house. And so basically Hooter goes to Transylvania to... Uh, to visit um Orlocks Castle to get him to sign some documents basically uh so he travels all the way out there and then he gets to Orlocks Castle along the way having been warned by several villagers and people that you know he, he should turn go, back he should turn back and not go check out Orlocks Castle and shit like and that And the
1: scene where he's in the um in the inn and he reads that book about the vampires. Oh yeah. And then
0: he's like, ah, fuck this, this is all bullshit. He reads this book about vampires. And well like, it's so like,
1: funny because it's like he, he finds it at night because there's nothing yeah. else to read. So he like looks at it and he's like a bit spooked, like, oh. Well, I, I think one
0: of the one of the innkeeper the the innkeeper put the book there for him to read. I think that's right, uh, right. the implication because he's like, You should know the information. So he reads uh, it. and so then he reads it and he's just so like he he just does not give a shit about this uh this this information about vampires, and so he he, he throws the book on the floor like no yeah, well because
1: he reads it at night and yeah. he like and he's like a bit spooked he he he's like okay he's a bit shifty eyed and then he wakes mm-hmm. up in the morning and like it's a beautiful day and the horses are in the in the meadow um and the, oh but then the, we've totally forgot to mention the werewolf.
0: Nah, I mean, the werewolf's not that important. <laughs> but it's the...
1: Oh. <laughs> he mentions there's a werewolf, and they just show this, like, werewolf that's, like, a hyena, I believe.
0: It looks like a hyena. I don't know where they found a hyena in, in Eastern Europe.
1: Yeah, but, that's... Uh... Whenever I see something like an exotic animal in a movie, it's just kind of, like, a bit sad <laughs> from that time period. Yeah. It's like yeah, there's no is... <laughs> way that that was, like, a well-treated hyena. <laughs>
0: Definitely not, but somehow they got a hyena to Czechoslovakia and uh, for one scene. For one scene that was probably not necessary. But anyway, then Hutter goes to the uh, to the castle and he's met with a bunch of people that all kind of look the same and all kind of have uh, sort of hooked noses and pointy ears and big sharp teeth eyes. and big nails like long nails. And, uh, you know, Orlok claims that, you know, all his servants are gone to bed, and that's why there's nobody around. But, I mean, really, right. it's pretty clear that Orlok's the only person there. Cause it's like and a
1: dilapidated so, castle, too.
0: Yeah, it's like a really dilapidated castle. It's falling apart. Um, and so, Orlok has Hooter over for dinner. They, you know, they look through some documents. And then, like, you know, pretty pretty quickly, Hooter uh, kind of Starts to notice, you know, something might be up with this guy.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> the, well, the moment that he realizes something is wrong, is he's like greedily digging into his dinner. Yeah, um, and then I forget something distracts him that Count Orlock is the doing. The clock. Oh yeah, the, 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 the this clock, is creepy uh, clock goes off.
0: Yeah, to say it's like whatever time.
1: Yeah, midnight, I think, and yeah. then. Hooter's distracted and he like cuts his finger while cutting into a wheel of cheese so It there's a piece like of bread. I think it I think it was cheese. Really? I think it was cheese. I think it was bread. All right, well we'll have to have a little wager going here. I'm going to Yeah, well I mean
0: I I say this because uh have you ever This is kind of on uh, a on a side. But have you ever seen Shadow of the Vampire?
1: Ah, uh, yes, I think so.
0: Okay, so in Shadow of the Vampire which maybe we'll get into later on this podcast, <laughs> but it's definitely a piece of bread because it's in color and I can clearly tell.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So <laughs> that's why I think it's a piece of bread. But okay, that's yeah. no,
1: that's that's fair. But I look, I, I, I assumed it was a wheel of cheese at first, but
0: yeah, I could easily be wrong. Anyway, it cuts. It's not that important. No, what is to what, be
1: honest? What it is is actually irrelevant entirely. He, <laughs> he cuts himself while trying to eat it and then count or orlock gets all weird and yeah. like "Ooh, the blood ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's a creepy scene and then i think it's interesting cuz they kind of imply it in the language i don't know maybe it, it, pre-translation it would have come across a bit better mm-hmm. um but i think and i think it happens to an extent in the book i'm not as much as sure i don't i've never really read the the book um but I think he gets kind of, like, woozy before, like, just going into the castle, kind of, like, mm-hmm. messes with his head. Um, yeah. Because he likes seeing things and, like, losing time and, like, just, like, generally feels like he's on drugs or whatever.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I mean, that's not so much represented in this film. I mean, there are bits and pieces of it. But, you know, I think, like, basically... Well, I think that has to do with, you know, Orlok sucking his blood while he's asleep.
1: Yeah, but even when he's, like, going through, like, that forest, um, like, when that, when he's on that carriage and he goes through the forest yeah. that they, like, is, like, negative and it's supposed to, it's, like, him, mm. and he, like, sees the ghosts of his whatever, I don't know, what yeah. they, what the, how they phrased it, but it was, like, it kind of implied that he was having, like, a, uh, uh
0: Vision or something? A v- yeah. yeah,
1: sort of hallucinatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, experience. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not qu- quite quite sure. But uh, anyway, so uh, Hodor quickly sort of works out that that Orlok has been sucking his blood during the night. He does not
1: quickly work. Well, yeah. Out. I mean, first he chalks it up <laughs> to he's a mosquitoes.
0: He sees the two bites on his neck, and he's like, "Oh, you know, the mosquitoes are are, are around. You know, they're bad around here. I've they're, already got two uh, bites. They, they close gave me together. two bites right next to each other on on the <laughs> neck. So, so meanwhile, while all this is happening, uh, back in Visborg, uh, which is not a real place, by the way, uh, we'll get into that maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the town underwent. A yeah, few the town name of Vizborg changes. is is an invention of the film. Uh, so there meanwhile in Visborg Hooter's wife is having some strange things happening to her she's sort of uh, like having visions and you know then fainting and then uh, she's in like a
1: a general feverish state
0: exactly yeah and so when we sort of get back to the uh, what's going on in in the castle uh, Hooter Eventually, during the day, goes down into sort of Orlok's cellar and then finds him sleeping in a coffin, which is, that, is a, a bit of a red flag.
1: It's a pretty big red flag when you
0: find yeah. him sleeping in a coffin and you open <laughs> it up
1: and he like you can see his like shriveled form.
0: Yeah, and so taken aback, uh, Hooter kind of, uh, you know. So is that? Soon so- ap-
1: is that before or after Count Orlock signs the documents and like gets obsessed? Oh, they with signed his the documents
0: wife? like pretty early on. So this is after that. Yeah, that that already happened when they were having dinner, I think.
1: Because that's the moment, like when he signs the documents. That's the moment that he like he like notices Ellen because he has the that locket. Yeah, that right, he right. This is the locket. Yeah, and then that's when Count Orlock gets yeah. you know obsessed with her, sets his mm-hmm. sights on her.
0: Absolutely. And so anyway, the. Orlock uh decides to set off for uh Visborg and brings a bunch of coffins of uh dirt with him because he needs he needs to sleep in the dirt that he was buried in.
1: Yep, that's how vampires work. It's part of the vampire. It's
0: part of the vampire thing. And so Hooter um is trapped in the castle for some reason. I don't know. Did Orlock lock him in there or something? I don't think he's
1: trapped. I think he just he just is watching Orlock get a head start.
0: So no, then why did he crawl out of his window using the rope?
1: Oh, I, I, he's probably locked in his room or something. That's yeah, right. I, I think Orlock locked bit. him
0: in his room. Yeah, and so he 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 builds a rope out of sheets. Then he climbs. He scales the castle wall, but falls at the very end and concusses himself. <laughs> oh my God, um, of course, he does. At which point he is found by some villagers and brought to the hospital. Yeah, he'd, um, he'd be screwed if it weren't for the kindness of strangers. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, Orlok gets all his coffins onto a ship, uh, which we find that some of the coffins are also full of rats. Uh, and the ship sets sail to Visborg, which I tried to trace out on a map, <laughs> because I was trying to see, like, you know, would the ship get there first, and 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 they mention leaving Varna and going through the Black Sea, and so they would have actually had to go all the way around Europe. So it's quite a quite a journey.
1: Quite a journey, but we don't know how long Huta was out for.
0: Yeah, we don't know how long Kuto was out for, because I mean, they they basically like um... anyway. So uh, I believe there's like a race back to yeah yeah there's a race back to uh visborg so um meanwhile on the boat uh all the sailors are struck by a mysterious plague and then eventually you know they start to think maybe it's coming from these crates and so one of the sailors busts open one of the crates finds the uh I, I, does he find Orlok? Anyway, so Orlok comes out of the crate and just starts killing all the sailors. So essentially he's been like,
1: Orlok's been like killing all the sailors, I think, and then when there's only... Well,
0: well, they've been dying from the plague.
1: Well, yeah, they've been dying from the plague, and then, and then, yeah. but he's been, I think the implication is that he's been sucking their blood.
0: That, t- okay. Because yeah, the plague seems know, I, to follow I, him
1: around as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that the plague is from the rats and it just happens to follow him around. He's not sucking everybody's blood, because, like, when he gets to Visborg, a lot of people start dying, and I don't think it could, uh, I don't know, I don't think it could take that, uh, I don't think he would have been able to kill all those people all on his own. I don't
1: know, I think it might be implied that he's doing it, I think. Oh, yeah? He's, okay. I can't, I'm not sure, I think it is. Right. Very. So, anyway. interpretation.
0: He shows up in Visborg, uh, you know. The people of Visborg are convinced that there's a plague going around because people are dying. Uh, and meanwhile, Nock is going nuts, so they put him in an insane asylum. Uh, meanwhile, Ellen is having all these visions as well, and she's waiting for hutch to come back.
1: This is kind of the slow part of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: this is the slow part, yeah. And so, anyway, uh, eventually, you know... The climax... Ev- Eventually Hooter comes back and everything and you know the villagers have decided that Nock is the uh the culprit for the plague, so they all go after him uh with torches and pitchforks. And he, he looks
1: pretty vampiric himself.
0: Yeah, I mean definitely. Uh <laughs> he looks a bit like the penguin,
1: like the Danny DeVito penguin.
0: Yeah, I mean in, in a in a modern remake he'd be played by Danny DeVito. <laughs> 100%. Uh, yeah, anyway, you're right. so. You're right. um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, then. Uh, I was I was
1: waiting for you to d- deliver a knock line in a Danny DeVito impression.
0: No, no, I don't know how to do that. Like, set off
1: to the lands of thieves and ghosts. But in a Danny DeVito set impression. Set off
0: to the lands of thieves and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's better than I could have done. Loth. Uh Where's Danny DeVito from? He's from New Jersey? I don't know. i I assume it's yeah uh anyway um (laughs) we're getting to it uh anyway so they're all back in visborg and um you know nosferatu's uh warlocks settling into the house and sort of generally creeping out uh you know ellen (laughs) who he appears to be obsessed with yeah and so ellen meanwhile uh I guess she decides she has to do something about this.
1: She's like learning about the vampires.
0: Yeah she's learning about the vampires and she finds out that you know um, given willingly like you know a woman's blood can kill the vampire or make him like you know.
1: Or he you, like you, can't you, turn it down or something. He can't turn know. it
0: down or whatever right. So, uh, so she uses anyway, this to
1: her advantage.
0: Yeah she uses this to her advantage and she sort of lures him in and then he ends up sucking her blood all the time until the morning. So she's the hero. She's the hero, yeah. So the morning comes and the sun comes up and uh, Orlok gets vaporized, basically. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there's our summary. Hopefully she sacrifices. Uh, <laughs> she sacrifices herself for... Uh, to kill the vampire.
1: Well done. So, which... um. I know we'll get into a little bit, like, a, a lot more detail a little bit later on about, like, the versions, because there's a lot of different versions of this movie. Um, But which which version did you watch?
0: So I actually watched two different versions of this movie. Right. Uh, I watched the 1991 Laserdisc version, which is, I'm holding, right now you can't see it, but uh, this is, if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's pretty cool. You could uh, explain
1: what it is. You could take a second. I suppose. Yeah, okay. So it's like
0: uh, before DVD was a thing, there was a thing called Laserdisc, uh, which is essentially it's a optical disc the size of a vinyl record that has a movie on it. It's a big DVD. Yeah. I mean, it works fundamentally quite different from a DVD, but it's similar in a lot of ways and if you get packaging <laughs> that's a lot like a record
1: yeah that's the best so. part about them in my opinion is the big the gi- yeah the
0: gigantic packaging and uh, yeah you get is, yeah. these yeah so good uh, covers ex- yeah uh, so yeah I guess we should probably post on Instagram or something like a picture of this
1: yeah there's excellent laser disc. there's so many different images from this movie that that I'd oh yeah. to yeah, actually, to, to the artwork post. I
0: believe is a drawing by Albin Grau, who is the producer of this film.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he did uh, a lot of promotional drawings for it as well. Mm. Yeah, he's an interesting dude that we'll we'll get into a little yes, bit. Yes, absolutely. Um,
0: and so that was the first version that I watched, uh, and then I also watched the uh, the 2006 sort of restored edition. Which is supposedly the closest to the original theatrical re- edition, although with English titles. Right. Although, you know, being how old it is and how much sort of stuff went on with this movie, it's kind of hard to definitively say what it was like originally in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So,
1: every version that you see these days is at least a little bit bastardized. I don't know. It's well, impossible. I wouldn't say
0: bastardized, but it's a little bit different.
1: Well, I mean. Yeah, because we there is you have a copy, there is a copy of the script. Yeah, so you can you can use that to.
0: But is that the final copy of the script that they shot with? Because I know that exactly M- That's Murnau, the point. uh had rewritten like ten pages of the script or whatever before he started shooting.
1: Yeah, and like you know people later on who were trying to like piece it back together could have just used the script as like a, uh, you know a base they could have mm-hmm. the the final cut could have been, you know, yeah, a little different.
0: So it it's, it's basically impossible without having a copy of the original negative to actually say, you know, what was this movie originally like?
1: Yeah, and so, the original yeah. negative does not exist anymore, and we will get into why. <laughs> yeah, well, do we know that it <laughs>
0: definitively does not exist, or do we just not have a copy of it available?
1: I think it's... Pretty definitive that the original doesn't exist. I did read okay. a, a few different accounts okay. that were pretty pretty definitive.
0: Okay, cool. I don't know if it was the first vampire movie. But I, it's the first notable vampire movie. Yeah, definitely very very important uh, early vampire movie. Uh, it it shares a lot of similarities with Dracula, which we will get into later because <laughs> that is a big part of this movie. Yep. Um, and it is a exceptional example of a German expressionist horror film. Yes, uh, this movie is silent, and I wouldn't say that it's black and white, but it's monochromatic.
1: <laughs> no, black and white would be an oversimplification.
0: Yes, <laughs> of and what I, it I, is. we'll get into that as well. Okay. Yeah. Good. But, yeah. Uh, it's
1: an adaptation of bram stoker's dracula
0: yeah essentially yeah like
1: i mean we'll talk uh, more about this as well but yeah i, I, I feel it like goes most it. of the
0: podcast is gonna be about this actually <laughs> it's about that yeah that's that's all right. uh that's that's a good chunk of the podcast but uh <laughs>
1: so but it's worth mentioning early on
0: yeah which version did you watch um
1: to be honest i'm not really sure like- yeah
0: once again that's another kind of issue with this movie is like Given how old it is and how, like, and based on kind of the copyright status of it and the sort of people that were involved in, like, you know, distributing this movie at certain points in time, like, it's very, there are a lot of copies of this movie that are floating around with sort of, like, unknown provenance.
1: Yeah, there's like a lot of different cuts that are like kind of slightly different, and yeah, it's some of them are
0: even like you know moving like they're at the wrong frame rate, so the whole movie's sped up or like yeah, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Yeah. so
1: the version I watched had like it was definitely um more contempt or um modern, mm -hmm. um, I could tell mostly because of this how bad the soundtrack was. Oh yeah, like. I tried a couple of versions.
0: Did it have have a synthesized uh, soundtrack or something like that?
1: There were some synthesized elements, but you know those, like, I forget what they're called, um, but, like, you know the opening of the Pirates of the Caribbean theme?
0: Yeah. New Tubular Bell? Is that what it is? Maybe.
1: Anyway, there's, like, that comes in so it sounds a bit like Pirates of the Caribbean, but then there's this, like, this really obnoxious, like, flute that kind of sounds synthesized (laughs) that like takes a lot of the leads Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because like a lot of it is like almost on point yeah and then it just goes into these weird like
0: (laughs) so in the version that you watched was uh did they refer to the characters by the german names or by the uh the names from Dracula.
1: The German names, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the first version I went to watch had had the uh, other names, so I, mm-hmm. I wanted to find... I wanted to try and find the most accurate version I could. Obviously, as you right. said, I knew that was going to be kind of difficult, and eventually I kind of just yeah. had to settle. Like, what I was really looking for, honestly, was like a a, germ, a German version. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Or at
1: very least a French version.
0: I mean, obviously, it's whatever you gonna watch is gonna have english subs right mm-hmm. so it's like i i would say that the best version to watch would be the 2006 restored edition yeah because it's based on essentially the uh uh what is it it's the french negative sorry not negative it's the fr- it's it's a it's basically it's it's a copy of a copy of the original negative right yeah so it's it's pretty much the best you can get that still exists right um and then it's had uh the french title cards replaced with english ones
1: right so we'll get into a lot of that in a moment but before we do that should we talk about vampires for a minute
0: (laughs) yeah sure uh i love talking about vampires i mean you know it is uh Halloween's coming up. Exactly. You
1: know? That's why we're doing this episode. It's a Halloween yeah. episode.
0: Absolutely. Vampires.
1: Spooky. Spooky. So, I mean, it depends really your definition of vampire, where the history of vampire like folklore begins. Mm-hmm. Because you've got tons of ancient vampires, like Mesopotamia, ancient
0: Greece. Yeah, or a sort of vampire-like vampire like Creatures, yeah,
1: exactly. That have like certain interpretations of them are more, Uh, a vampiric, exactly more (laughs) akin
0: to what we like, yeah,
1: understand Mm -hmm. vampires to be,
0: yeah. Um, but but I mean, one of the interesting things about that is like you know, a lot of you know what ended up becoming what we now. It in the modern day conceptualized as a vampire came from this movie and from 1931's Dracula, right?
1: Yeah, well, basically the modern perception of the vampire doesn't really happen until the 18th century, and then, yeah, and then you know, it's like happens really quick. There's like a, a huge like spat of like vampire fo- folklore explodes.
0: So, but but generally, sort of the story of of modern day vampires comes from Eastern Europe, right?
1: Yeah, it's an Eastern European thing, like Eastern European mm-hmm. folklore, like uh, Albania um, mm-hmm. and uh, Hungary, certain parts Romania. of Romania, uh, Romania, like <laughs>
0: Transylvania.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the history of Dracula is like slightly different, and I honestly don't know very much about Dracula because you know you have the whole connection to like Vlad the Impaler or Dracul. I don't really know anything about that, so I'm not gonna get into mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah, now. I mean.
0: yeah basically it's just uh uh i think when bram stoker created the character of dracula he identified him with vlad the impaler basically that's it yeah i i i i don't think that they really go into much detail about right but like vlad the impaler was just like you know generally a pretty terrible guy from what i've read like uh and so i think bram stoker just kind of uh Wanted to identify uh, Dracula with somebody who was generally thought of was pretty evil.
1: Yeah. So one of the earliest stories here is from like 1730s or 40s. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a Serbian story. It involved the corpses of a guy named Petar Blagojevic, Bla- Blagojevic mm-hmm. and Arnold Paoli. Mm-hmm. Um, so Blygojevich was reported to have died at the age of 62, but allegedly returned after his death, asking his son for food. When his son refused, mm. he was found dead the following day. Blig- his son was. His son was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And then Blygojevich soon supposedly returned and attacked some neighbors who died from loss of blood.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Then there's Did they one. like dig up the body and then find like you know that uh, it was gone or something? <laughs> no, I don't.
1: Well, it doesn't say that here. But that was like honestly, that was like a lot of this vampire lore came from. Um, if you dig up a body after a certain period of time, it's it's gonna be uh, bloated, you know, and it's yeah. gonna it's it's gonna have a, like its fingernails are gonna have grown and its hair's gonna grow and it's gonna kind of look like Nosferatu. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly, like, uh, if you look at, uh, Count Orlok, who is the type, the vamp, the titular Nosferatu in Nosferatu, uh, yeah, he, he very much looks like a, a corpse. Yeah. And you can actually see he's got these really long-ass fingernails. His fingers
1: are so creepy. That's, like, one of the creepiest parts Yeah, that's parts probably
0: the creepiest part of, part of them.
1: But yeah, yeah, because like like, dehy- skin dehydration, your fingernails, like expand and your hair grows yeah you know yeah from what i understand
0: they're not actually they're not growing they're just like
1: no no it's just like what is they're
0: coming they're being pushed out further yeah because of dehydration your fingers are shrinking essentially
1: it's lengthened that would be the term yeah grow is the wrong term
0: yeah yeah i guess (laughs) i don't know i'm not a not a i don't understand that (laughs) but anyway
1: And also, you know, you have, at the same time, in, like, you know, the 1700s in in Europe, you have a lot of disease and no explanation for Mm -hmm. it. I don't know, it's just kind of, like, perfect storm for this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, um, I guess we should move ahead and talk sort of a little bit about the director, because he's kind of important. So uh Frederick Wilhelm Murnau, um commonly credited as F. W. Murnau, and born as Frederick Wilhelm Plumpe, uh he was a German film director. Yeah, this is the uh, according film. According to Wikipedia.
1: Sorry? I was just gonna say this is this is the film by him I know the best.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, he he's done a couple other uh like really famous yeah. Um films such as Faust and obviously Sunrise. Uh Yeah. But um yeah, this is probably his most famous film.
1: I would is F- Faust would be up there though.
0: Yeah, probably. Hey, th- this one or Faust? Yeah, okay. But um but yeah, then again also Sunrise is uh hugely influential. Um so according to Wikipedia, uh, he was he was born in the town of Bielefeld. Uh Where, however, I I, I find this unlikely because from what I understand, Bielefeld doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> That's what I've heard.
0: That's what I've heard. So... I mean,
1: I don't know anyone from there.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, allegedly Murnau, but I I, I mean, who's to say really?
1: Angela Merkel claims she's been there. Yeah, yeah, she said in a really? speech that she was there, but. Yeah. Okay. She wasn't sure if she was there. You know, I, something like that. She made a joke about it. I think she was trying to, right. but she also just perpetuated it by saying something like, I don't know. I may not have been there.
0: <laughs> okay. So Bielefeld, questionable existence, but Murnau, very real guy. So, allegedly. Um, so, okay, not allegedly. Uh, so, he was a soldier in the First World War, uh, and he. he flew some combat missions. That's and allegedly he 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 uh he survived eight plane crashes. Uh, uh like what? Yeah. I, I I don't know. Like uh I think in World War One, like the planes were moving a bit slower and they weren't flying as high. Yeah. No, so, yeah. So like I think he, I guess a plane crash is probably slightly more survivable, but still like
1: yeah, I guess so, like I feel slow. like they also
0: weren't that safe i
1: yeah, exactly, that's kind of more what I was thinking is
0: yeah, I, I don't know, it's somehow he his his planes crashed eight times, and he survived every one of them.
1: That's pretty bizarre, which Unlike... I think
0: qualifies him to be an absolute legend, <laughs> like aside aside from the filmmaking, which definitely qualifies him to be a legend. <laughs>
1: Ah, oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Tr- I really. I wanted to read more about it, but there's like no information about it.
0: About his war experience. Yeah, yeah. So, but we do know that at some point after his eight plane crashes, he was captured in Switzerland and spent time in a POW camp. And, and you know that he's a future director because while he was in the uh, the POW camp, he spent his time organizing a theater group <laughs> amongst the prisoners. That is fantastic. <laughs> Which is just a fantastic way to spend your time, it's, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's an excellent way.
0: Yeah. Uh. So yeah, he he. I guess uh, learned or practiced uh, his uh his know, skills as a director. Sorry.
1: Do you know what um what productions they put on?
0: I I don't actually know. (laughs) But yeah, sort of, uh, after the war, he started, uh, making films. Not long afterwards, too, because he made his first film, I believe, in 1919. Yeah. Uh, which was a film called Der Naub in Blau. Yeah. Sorry, Der Naub in Blau. Uh, the, The Boy in Blue, and unfortunately that film is lost, uh, there are as some images
1: from it aren't there
0: yeah uh there are a few yeah but, but it's um, lost, yeah yeah the, the the film as a film does not exist anymore yeah um and so he sort of became after a couple films like a very well-known practitioner of the german expressionist style
1: and what how would you define that style
0: yeah, so the German expressionist style is sort of like the best way I want I I could put it is like everything is very extra, like like everything is very exaggerated. Uh acting is very physical, a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's no sound, so they well, really have to Well, that's what I was
1: a- going to say is like it's kind of in a lot of ways it's a way of harnessing the the limitations of the technology.
0: Yeah, of the medium, yeah. So yeah, you usually have a lot of over the top acting. Uh, you have sets that are like over the top. You have like often with like wonky angles or exaggerated lighting. You have camera angles that are once again exaggerated. Uh, things, sometimes yeah, things
1: are just really striking.
0: Very striking. It, it often sort of uh, conveys a sort of a, a dreamlike quality to the. Uh, to the film, and specifically, in this case, a nightmarish quality. Yeah,
1: and, like, the use of lighting is, like, um, pretty important, especially in this, yeah. this film in particular. The this film in is... particular.
0: In fact, um, a lot of German Expressionist films, I don't know if they did it at all in this movie, but oftentimes they would, like, literally paint on fake shadows to make <laughs> them more, like, you know, That's intense, awesome. Yeah, like you know? dark, deep shadows. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, once again, it's sort of like, you know, you don't have sound and you don't have color, so you're doing, you're using everything else you have to make the image striking, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so, once again, this was a sort of a, mostly done in Germany, although there were some, some use of it outside Germany. Uh, actually, in fact, uh, in 1927, Murnau came to the United States came to Hollywood uh, to work for Fox, and he made, uh, I think, four movies, uh, one of which, Sunrise, which I mentioned earlier, was actually sort of a pioneer of, uh, I wouldn't say green screen technology because it wasn't exactly a green screen, but um, sort of masking technology to, to get sort of the same results that you would get now with a green screen. Right. And it's it's actually it's a very interesting movie uh, if, if you see it. It's not... It, it's it's kind of impressive for what they were able to do at the time, technically, because there's I've a lot of crazy special it. effects. Uh, but it's not necessarily like your average sort of narrative film. Right. It, it's a bit it's A bit arty. Bit uh, arty. If you will. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. It's very interesting creative uses of, of the medium. Wow.
1: It says on Wikipedia it's a movie that is often cited by scholars as one of the greatest of all time.
0: <laughs> I I don't know if I would go that far, but yes, it's it's that, it's uh
1: they reference Turner, Turner Classic Movies,
0: TCM thinks it's one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, you know who am I? To, who am I to disagree with TCM? How can you argue with TCM? <laughs> but yeah, so um, it, it it's a little sad though that like, of the four movies that he made in Hollywood, like I think two, one of them is lost, and. In fact, out of the 22 movies that he made between 1919 and 1931, nine of them are lost.
1: Why is that? Like, how does that happen? Uh,
0: There are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, One of which is uh, nitrate film.
1: Is volatile?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, the film stock that they used, uh, for various reasons, Uh, it tended to be composed of something which essentially uh burst if it caught flames. fire would yeah burst if there was any kind of spark it would burst into flames
1: yeah, extremely um, flammable,
0: yeah the so s- I'm not sure if that was because of' the silver nitrate or the nitrocellulose or both, <laughs> but essentially that uh there's a uh, it, there's an oxidizer in the film that like makes it violently burst into flames
1: yeah which makes like a film warehouse like such a dangerous place
0: yeah exactly so there were a lot of sort of warehouses that uh eventually sort of caught fire but also part of the reason was just because you know they didn't make as many copies of films in those days as they did now yeah or i mean well now we don't make any film copies but you know a whole different you know I mean? ball game now yeah. So, but it was very expensive to duplicate films, so there just weren't as many copies made. They would sort of rotate films around between different theaters, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. that that's pretty unfortunate. But yeah, yeah, what we do like, have, it, it's is Nosferatu.
1: We gotta thank our our lucky stars that we have Nosferatu yeah. every day. But it is such a shame that it's like we don't yeah. have such a huge chunk of such an important director's yeah. filmography like, yeah
0: and as we sort of yeah as we alluded to like this almost happened to Nosferatu, but for actually completely different reasons yeah
1: totally unrelated <laughs> uh yeah. yeah
0: so although presumably it was shot on the same film stock
1: presumably yes
0: so I I think that's basically what we need to cover with Murnau uh but, you know, there were some other people that worked on this movie as well.
1: Yeah, well, it's like the company that produced it was called, what, Prana Films?
0: Yeah. Um, and this is the only movie they made.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into For reasons why. which
0: we'll actually continue to directly, get into. because it's coming.
1: It's directly related to this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's directly related to what we keep alluding to as to why they're, this hel- Nasratu almost didn't survive yeah um, um
1: and the two guys who, who created this company one of them is less relevant the other one is a guy named albin grau 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 i think grau grau german um, grau yeah. um i
0: i only took one semester of german so like you know <laughs> this is uh my german is not great
1: i took i took a couple of years in high school but it was not the good years yeah um, <laughs> but he so but he was a producer of of nosferatu and he was like a big occult person he was obsessed with the occult and he for years had wanted to make a nosferatu film he'd even heard of like um he he got the idea allegedly this i think was probably just like a promotional thing because i think the only source for it is he like wrote an article um promoting nosferatu um, but he said he got the idea for the story, um, during the war, he fought with, like, an Albanian or something, who claimed that his grandfather had been a Nosferatu, or, right. or his father had I been mean, a Nosferatu.
0: I mean, that doesn't seem so far-fetched that he would have heard a claim from somebody about no, no, Nosferatu. No, 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 like, like,
1: especially, you know, Eastern, or just Europe yeah, period at that time. Yeah, I feel like, you we know, were there mentioning. were probably a lot of
0: superstitious people in, in the in the army.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure he heard about it at that point, but he he does go on to tell kind of a a melodramatic story about right. about how they like. So
0: do we think maybe his sort of occult cred is like a little exaggerated as well? <laughs> no, well
1: he he was a member of the German magical order Fraternus Saturni. Um, okay, what which is that? I I don't really know. It's a it's a I think we we. We need not go deeper than German magical order, but okay. it was legit enough that it got banned by the Nazis. Okay, so they didn't want it around. Um, his magical okay. name was Master Pisetas.
0: Okay, Just, <laughs> is that like a rank, or is that his like alter ego?
1: Well, let's look at the let's look at the Saturni a little bit. I do. Okay, sure. It, it could be let's, worth let's looking at it. them a little bit. Um I don't know a lot about them. I'm just going to read their Wikipedia page to be honest, but I just want to okay, know cool, what yeah. they are. Um founded in 1926. So, hold on. Well, I guess that must have been later then. He wasn't a member at this point.
0: Oh, okay. Or maybe it was underground. Yeah,
1: exactly. Maybe mm. it wasn't legit until Yeah.
0: Um
1: because yeah, often these are like, you know, these Magical okay, okay. societies.
0: So it, it, it does mention Alvin Grau being a member. On oh, the uh, so he's a notable for, member. <laughs> yeah, Fraternus uh, Saturni. So I, I believe he was already into the occult, and then he would probably joined this post Nosferatu. Yeah,
1: these magical societies honestly fascinate me. They're so yeah. weird. These like esoteric <laughs> orders that yeah. like people started in, in this time period. Like, does
0: it does it exist anymore, or is it?
1: I, to a degree, like, I think these societies. Oh yeah,
0: it looks like it does.
1: Like that's a, the interesting thing about for a lot of these societies from this time period is like they still exist there to a was degree. A,
0: there was a branch based in Canada, based in Toronto Holy in the late shit. 1970s. I don't know, but we uh, maybe it still exists. Maybe we can go to the, one of their meetings and saying, check out. I've what their... never said I wanted
1: to be a member. <laughs> no, but I don't know. Maybe
0: they... you, you, do you think they have like you know open meetings? You, know, you could just check it's one a... out.
1: Oh, I, I assumed it was a secret <laughs> society, but I don't actually think it's. I don't know. It,
0: I don't think it's secret, but it's it's
1: a mystical it's society. A,
0: it's it's a mystical society, the Brotherhood of Saturn. Again, it is one of the oldest, continuously running magical groups in Germany. Wow. So what? So happened? I guess Hitler didn't succeed in in getting rid of them.
1: No. Now, what are their what are their like beliefs? I don't know. Doesn't, it's hard to figure that out, isn't it? They were just concerned
0: with the study of esotericism, mysticism, and magic in the cosmic sense. Uh, it, it it propagates ideals of freedom, tolerance, and fraternity. Oh god, sounds great. <laughs> sounds yeah, sounds like a
1: grand old time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. For all I know, maybe they have a hell of a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> we'll never know. Or maybe we will when we uh, go when,
1: to one of their when we inevitably join the society.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll uh, we'll allow them on the podcast to uh, we'll we'll get some members on the podcast to talk about their uh, their their little club.
1: I would honestly feel that <laughs> they would probably not take well to you calling their their oh. almost a century old magical (laughs) society (laughs) little club an esoteric
0: to talk about their uh, centuries old magical society century century old one century a little bit more than a century but okay
1: all of this is to say that Albin Grau um, was into the occult yeah and he, he, he did actually put into the movie that um that contract that Nock is reading that has mm-hmm. all those symbols. Apparently he put, like, Enochian and Hermetic and Alchemical symbols in there. But, yeah, we don't really know too much about, like, the um, the details behind how this movie came to be and, like, how they made it.
0: We I, Yeah, I know. Part of that has to do with, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of the documentation is... In German, uh, you know, some things happened in Germany uh, that not all of it survived and um, also... It was a tumultuous
1: time period.
0: Yeah, and this movie is nearly 100 years old.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: A lot of the movie is filmed in this big sort of dilapidated castle uh, called Orava Castle in Slovakia and it's Really striking looking. It's at the top of a hill. and uh, Yeah, that yeah. shot of it is
1: like... It almost looks like a model.
0: Yeah, it almost looks like a model, but I promise you it is real. And you can go there, although I've never been, but I really want to go.
1: Yeah, that would be... That's on the list for sure now.
0: Yeah, I will definitely go there at some point in time. So,
1: uh, I've noticed that you've listed the cam the camera work. Yeah. Is it because... He's done other important things?
0: He's done some important things. Uh, Fritz Arno Wagner? Wagner. Oh, yeah, right. Germans. <laughs> yeah, Germans. Oh, yeah, he did um, He did M, which is very famous German expressionist movie by uh, Fritz Lang.
1: Right, okay.
0: So he is somebody. Uh, yeah, he's... he's he, well, I mean, actually quite a few. Uh, the Testament of Dr. Mabuse you say i don't know i can't remember how he pronounced that but yeah he he done a lot of german expressionist movies basically
1: so yeah i guess the like cinematographer camera operator is one person and it's like like
0: yeah i mean they did they didn't have like uh you know second assistant camera or whatever it was just one guy obviously there was no way for more than one person to monitor what was going on through the camera yeah and it's... there was only one camera yeah. uh Mostly for budgetary reasons. I think they could have had more than one camera, but, you know. Yeah. And you'll actually notice in this in this film, the camera actually almost never moves.
1: Yeah, it's usually stationary, and they, they do a lot of, like, kind of cuts to yeah closer um, things. Mm-hmm. There's some really great shots. Um,
0: yeah, there is actually one short part of the movie where the camera is moving, and well, that's the scene with the boats.
1: That's what I, I was just going to bring that scene up.
0: Yeah, because it's like, I, I think one of the reasons was because they... Uh, part of the reason is because they were shooting on location and stuff. They didn't have like uh like tracks for dollies and things like that. Yeah. Like that would have been difficult to set up. I think at the time, especially them. in um, the
1: locations that they were shooting, it was either like outdoor kind of ragged mm. terrain or indoor really tight shots and
0: tight. Yeah, t- I mean another possibility is that they just you know they thought people might get motion sick or something in the
1: theater. <laughs> and that's a a real possibility. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um there's there is some very very interesting cinematography in this movie and for example there's uh uh there's some shots where they have sort of uh Orlock appear and disappear. That's yeah the, really the, cool. there's
1: some really good effects like that like when he kind of like manifests out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Essentially you just do two shots and then you crossfade just between put them. over, the yeah. <laughs> I obviously crossfading between the things would have been very complicated to do at the time.
1: Yeah, it's it's not Because you would have needed to do an
0: optical printer anyway. It would have been pretty complicated. But It's an understatement to say they just crossfaded it. But yeah, but, that's something that you can do like very easy now in your uh in your editor, but uh, you know, it's
1: it's a task. It's not
0: It, it would it would have been a task at the time when they were like actually editing the film. Yeah. But to actually shoot it, it wouldn't have been that difficult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's
1: more of a technical um, effect than a yeah, practical. Yeah,
0: so this kind of foreshadowed some of the effects that Murnau would do in Sunrise, but obviously to a much Not, less complicated degree. Yeah, yeah. Lower um, budget. Exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, I wanted to mention that, like, that the scene in... Like the chase scene, essentially, where... I guess it's not a chase scene but like the the race back to um the town um mm-hmm. where Hooters on a horse and what have you and then there's the ship. It's like it's like the first montage really. Yeah. Obviously it's not quite as fast but they cut from the 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 ship moving to the horse to uh uh Ellen in the bed all really
0: rapidly. Yeah, they cut cut back and forth between like a bunch of parallel events
1: yeah and i mean i'm sure that would have been independently uh-huh come up with
0: yeah actually it. i was thinking ah, damn there's a friggin' movie that uh that i'm thinking about uh that did the same thing really early on i can't remember what it was called but so yeah i think that's pretty much the basic production stuff you know yeah if you are sort of interested in the production of this movie, but a fictional version of it, Shadow of the Vampire, is a very interesting uh,
1: film. <laughs> Do you want to explain it a little bit?
0: Yeah, so Shadow of the Vampire is sort of a a fictional retelling of the making of this movie. Uh,
1: it's a really good concept.
0: Yeah, starring John Malkovich and um, Willem Dafoe. Uh, Two very it, vampiric
1: characters
0: <laughs> yeah it was actually produced by uh, none other than Nicolas Cage what? <laughs> and Nicolas Cage originally intended to play Orlock or I've... Max Rack, but why didn't he? he well because he just decided Willem Dafoe would be so much better at it which he was uh, I mean I don't know I never saw I never saw Nick Cage doing I the don't. thing but
1: I don't know I mean
0: <laughs> Willem, D- Willem Dafoe did a pretty good job I think yeah he did. So anyway, so basically, the idea is like you know, it's this the making of this movie if the actor who played Orlock was an actual vampire, <laughs> is the best way I could put it.
1: Yeah, it's an ex. It's, that's basically it. Like, did not do very well in the box office.
0: No. Yeah. Shadow uh, of the Vampire. It, it was. It's. It's a fun movie. Uh, you should check it out. But uh, it's. Uh, who the the guy who directed it was clearly a big nerd and huge fan of this uh this the film The Elias Marriage, yes.
1: What was the other movie he did that? Uh, um, known for Shadow the Vampire and cult film Begotten. I feel like I. He has also directed music videos for Marilyn Manson.
0: Oh yeah, Suspect <laughs>
1: Zero. And... Yeah. Nothing okay, I really recognize I'm,
0: here. I was probably thinking of the Marilyn Manson videos then.
1: But for Shadow of the Vampire, uh, Willem Dafoe got nominated for an uh, an Academy Award for Best Supporting yeah. Actor, and they got uh, they got nominated for best uh, best makeup as well.
0: Mm, yeah, but yeah, obviously, uh, it definitely exaggerates a lot of things. Oh really? Which because obvious, he's because actually a vampire? <laughs> Max <laughs> Shrek was actually a vampire. Uh, although did you know that 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 Max Shrek's name translates to Greatest Fright? Oh, that's so sick. Also interesting fact, uh in um uh, Tim Burton's Batman, which one was the one the Batman with Christopher Walken in it? Oh um, is that the first one or the second one? I think that was the first one. Okay, so anyway, uh, the character that Christopher Walken plays is named Max Shrek, which Tim Burton named after Nostraday because he's such a big fan.
1: Uh, It makes sense. I mean, Max Shrek looks like the kind of guy that would, like, hit a child. (laughs) (laughs) This picture of him especially,
0: he's got that kind of face. What, are you looking at his Wikipedia picture? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know the one. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he looks. Anyway, um you know he's pretty good. He's pretty good in this movie. He's. I, I, I mean, say.
1: it's hard to say. Obviously, like because acting demands so. It's like such different things of you in this kind of movie. Well, I mean,
0: you know, just imagine if like how much harder it would be to act if somebody co- told you you had to act but you couldn't talk.
1: Yeah, you, you can't talk, and <laughs> also you're in probably pretty difficult. Make makeup to maneuver, mm-hmm. like not that yeah. difficult, but like.
0: I mean, part of what makes Orlok such a good character is the makeup.
1: Yeah, the make because it's so subtle, yeah. but
0: so. Well, I don't think it's very subtle. <laughs> well, movie.
1: <laughs> the wrong word, but it's yeah. not like they don't make him extreme in in a, in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, it's more just I, I, accentuated. I think it would be it would be interesting to have seen this movie in theaters before the film had degraded so much yeah to see if if his if it would have been more obvious that the makeup wasn't great or something i don't know
1: yeah well one of the reviews i was reading tore into how bad the makeup was really And how they shouldn't have shown it in the shouldn't have shown him in the light because it like really well they
0: they definitely show it pretty uh pretty straight up Pretty I mean, pretty straight up, yeah.
1: It was there were it was mixed reviews because I did also read a review that was like the opposite. So, mm,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. It's very interesting because like you know we see this movie and you know the film stock has aged, so it's. But when you would have initially seen this movie, it would have been like you know, and high again, HD what in what shit cut like are we from... seeing of this movie? Yeah, it's true because I mean I think even at the time, like I think there were various cuts going around. Yeah, which we could get into uh yeah well you know maybe maybe before that we should get into maybe why why there are so many different cuts and uh yeah, yeah that's what i mean we'll get, we'll into, get that, into that
1: backstory
0: why there's no definitive initiative there's no definitive version of this why do- why don't we have the original version i don't know why don't we uh you know i think i think to answer to that We need to get to the bottom of something. (laughs) We need to get to the truth. (laughs) All right. This is the truth. You know the segment. This is where... We give you the unfiltered, absolute truth, and don't bullshit you. Although sometimes we do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's either we get it's either the absolute truth or it's blind aliens. speculation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's either or. It's we we work in yeah, extremes t- Today here. we're
0: gonna give you actual truth. <clears throat> there are no aliens involved in here as far as you know there are no conspiracy theories we got that over with when we talked about Bielefeld or is the conspiracy that Bielefeld does exist
1: I mean the director's from there allegedly <laughs> so this might be, this might the, be the proof final...
0: although do we have a proof where's the negative man does this movie exist
1: exactly I've never seen the negative I've never seen uh, Murnau's birth certificate
0: <laughs> maybe it's all CG <laughs> <laughs> this movie this was movie actually movie was made. generated in the '90s in a computer.
1: Yeah, this is actually Pixar's first film. <laughs> yeah, re- Render Man at work.
0: Exactly, <laughs> a height of technology. Um, okay, so no, but I mean, like the real reason why we don't have the uh, initial version of this movie is because of legal reasons.
1: I mean, shocker. Like we yeah, mentioned, uh, that it's it's basically a, an unofficial adaptation, um, and what unofficial adaptation means is that they did not. It
0: was a it was ripped off. <laughs> well,
1: it ripped off. I don't know that ripped off is quite the right term because because yeah, they did credit Bram Stoker in the credits.
0: Did they? Yeah, I in, think the... in the. Did they do that in the original version? I think
1: so. Because, I mean,
0: obviously, in the version... That, like, I think in the Lizard's In versions subsequent versions, they all that. do, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But I don't know if that was done at the time.
1: It may not have been. I'm, I think it was, though. Either way, the point, right. the, the point is, like, they didn't make any attempt to... Because they were like, well, we changed the names
0: yeah it's different and it's it's not called Dracula it's called Nosferatu it's clearly different that's not do you see a count Dracula no yeah it's he's clearly count Orlok okay god <laughs> although like now looking at it like it's actually pretty different there's an, there's I mean
1: like he, I mean it's hard it... to say
0: now because we've we've had so many like adaptations of this kind of idea
1: yeah that's true because it, like I
0: think like like pretty much any vampire movie is going to be like this that this basic structure
1: but that's because of Dracula
0: but that's because of Dracula so it, it it's it's kind of hard for us to kind of I think see the context of that exactly because Whereas, it, like, it, Dracula time,
1: is so far removed from uh from well it's been in the public domain for so long I guess at this point
0: yeah Although, importantly, it was not in the public domain in 1922.
1: (laughs) No, it was not. Uh,
0: Although Bram Stoker was dead. Yeah. But uh, his widow, Florence Stoker, was very much alive. Yeah. And was very much willing to sue them.
1: Yeah, well, apparently she heard about the film in an anonymous letter. She got, like, a letter from... From somebody being like they're showing there's this film that's exactly like your husband's work, you should check it out mm-hmm. um and she heard of showings that- had they
0: had they contacted her when they they had contacted her when they started writing it didn't they
1: I didn't see that but did you, did you see anything about that
0: i I think they uh they asked for uh permission, but it was denied
1: oh jeez, that makes everything so, so much worse.
0: I don't know for sure if that's the case. It may be the case that they asked for permission, but it was denied, but then it might not be. It's really hard to tell, because not yeah, all of this not, stuff was written down.
1: It wasn't cataloged very well. Um, yeah. But as far as we know, in 1922, Florence Stoker heard about several showings. Um, mm-hmm. In Budapest in Paris, specifically. And, okay. I mean... It's not as if, like, Dracula was a particularly popular... Like, it was it was fairly popular. Well, there was a
0: play, wasn't there, that was reasonably popular?
1: Yeah, I think so, but the actual, like, novel was not bringing in a lot of money, and none of right, okay. None of his, his books were in print anymore, including Dracula. Right, because, I mean, it, it had
0: been released, like, a long time ago. <clears throat> yeah, it was like fairly... 18, old. 1896 or something like that?
1: Some, something like that. I'm, I don't know, but...
0: Sorry, that's, let, let me just quickly figure that out because that's a very specific date <laughs> yeah
1: i think he died in 1912
0: okay 1897 I was. oh so you're close.
1: close that's a good one find out yeah. when he died
0: uh bram stoker died in 1912
1: nice <laughs> nice <laughs> um so but the point being that she did not have a lot of money and i think she was feeling the strain mm-hmm. so when she found out that this movie existed she was fair enough kind of pissed mm-hmm. because she had no money out of it um, mm-hmm. so I guess in order to to help her get a legal case together she approached this group of British authors called the British Society of Authors um, which and they were like a group that like looked out for interests of authors it was like a union essentially mm-hmm. um, Yeah. And they agreed to help her like kind of get a legal case together,
0: um, mm-hmm. but the, the presumably p- because this would help set a precedent
1: yeah, exactly
0: because um, yeah. I mean yeah, film adaptations were still a pretty new thing at the time, yeah, and I'm
1: sure authors were getting ripped off, mm-hmm. or rather Definitely. not getting their money's worth a good amount yeah. of the time anyway mm-hmm. um they 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 hired a lawyer named uh I just kinda liked his name, but I guess cause it's German and it won't sound as funny as when I read it in reality. Mm-hmm. But his name is Manfred Vronker Flatow.
0: I don't I don't I don't actually know if you pronounce it like that if there's an R.
1: <laughs> if there's an R? It might
0: be just Ronker. Ronker? I don't know.
1: Manfred Ronker flatau
0: Wait, let me let me quickly check this. Oh no! It's Vronker. It's Vronker. It's Vronker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Manfred Vronker Flatow. Yeah. Um. So the the plan was to settle out of court, and I think they had a good case, and it was going to happen. And I think this is where it gets a bit confusing. But what I think happened is they put Prana Films out of business because right. because Prana Films couldn't pay so first of all this was the first film that they had done um yeah they had, and the only film and the only film and they had spent double on like marketing that then they had yeah. on like the actual film so they were like they needed money and they had not made enough money um, right so
0: they just went i out also of business. heard uh that that Potentially, they purposefully bankrupted themselves to avoid the lawsuit.
1: Uh, that would not surprise me. <laughs> because I mean, they
0: knew it was coming. I think. <laughs> like, like I think they knew they might have legal trouble, which is why they changed everybody's name.
1: So they kind of fucked Florence around a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's not clear whether or not they wa- they they did make much money off this or not. If they did make money off of it, that money did not go into the company Prana Films. No, it, it went, if they, <laughs> if they did make money off of it, I think that would have gone directly into Albin Grau's pockets.
1: Yes. So, but they, they kind of rebranded Prana Films, reincorporated. Yeah. What is it? What are they reincorporated into? Where is it?
0: is it the Deutsch-Americanish Film Union?
1: That's it. Yeah, the Deutsch-Americanish Film Union. Um so f- Florence Stoker is like, "Well, let's go after them. It's like the same people. Mm-hmm. Come on." Right. But at this point, I the- mean
0: I think this this kind of seems like something they did to try to avoid getting sued. I
1: think you're right. I think they did yeah, just like, like think they could just no, we're a different company now.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, the Prana Film that's bankrupt. You can sue the hell out of them if you want. Yeah, so you're not getting any money. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like no, oh no, us?
1: No, we're Deutsche <laughs> Amerikanische Film. But we we
0: did also transfer all the film rights to the Deutsche. Oh Revolution. yeah, we bought. Yeah, we so. bought the film rights we from bought, Prana. Yeah. <laughs> so the so, the,
2: yeah. the
1: British Authors Society was kind of reluctant to pr- to proceed for whatever reason. Um mm-hmm. but apparently Florence pestered them um mm-hmm. until they until they agreed to keep going. So it, the the lawsuit um I think it didn't it didn't go to court, but um they offered Florence a share of the profits but under the condition mm-hmm. That they could rebrand it under the name Dracula and mm. do an English version and like promote it to a British audience and maybe even an American audience. I don't know if that was in the plan, but. Right. Okay. But Florence said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, because
0: I don't she- know. Uh. Yeah, I mean, presumably she at this point she just felt like fucked around by them enough. She was just like, no. Nah, I think she,
1: the the bookhouse reading reading said, and I mean, I just read one book, so this is by no no means a definitive mm. story. Um, but the it it was that she didn't think it was going to be very successful, so oh, she was like, I I'm see. not going to get the money I want right um, this way. So instead, the case went forward. Um, it started in May of 1924, um, mm-hmm. and it was a two-month case, which Stoker won. Um, okay. And then she kindly, in my opinion, she offered to sell the Deutsch-Americanish Film Union the rights to the movie um, mm-hmm. for 5,000 um, pounds,
0: which is about... Three- Wait, okay, so... Oh, okay, so so they initially offered her a share of the profits. Yes, but she didn't want that. She wanted payment up front.
1: Yes, and basically, and, okay. And they would only give it to. Well, she won the case, and then was like, "Just pay me."
0: Yeah, okay. and you
1: can. She was even like, "You can make your movie."
0: Like, well, they already made it.
1: Well, you can have it.
0: Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can show it again. I yeah.
1: just want five thousand dollars now. Um, yeah, but which
0: which. Five thousand pounds. Five thousand pounds. And sorry. also, this is in nineteen twenty-four pounds. So yeah, which is worth what
1: is that? It's three hundred ninety-six thousand pounds today. Okay, actually, that's
0: that's less than I thought it would end up in. Yeah, and I'm, but I mean, like the movie
1: market wouldn't have been very big back then,
0: so. Right. Yeah. That that's definitely true.
1: So, but that's like a good amount of money. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, but instead of settling and like paying her for the rights the five thousand pounds they appealed and then they again Mm. lost um Mm -hmm. and she was like just fuck you it's over you can't Mm. it's done yeah um so then in july of 1925 a court ordered that all the prints of the movie were destroyed
0: just yeah
1: so savage
0: (laughs) (laughs) so the once again like it's it's worth mentioning again like a lot of the information around this is like really muddy yeah because like there's there's a lot of different sources which contradict each other
1: like the gist of it is that it seems that the court definitely ordered it to be destroyed Mm -hmm. yeah it seems that that happened um -hmm. but yeah so this is
0: sort of unprecedented though right
1: yeah this is like pretty significant
0: yeah. And I think, like, it, it, I, I don't believe many films have been, like, I don't think that order has been put out on many films.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't have a list or anything, but I don't, I did yeah. Very few films. And especially, I yeah, think this exactly. is perhaps the highest profile film that still exists. I mean, yeah. Other ones we may have oh, obviously, lost.
0: naturally, the whole point was to make sure that it didn't exist. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but yeah, it, clearly it was not destroyed. Even though it was yes. court ordered to be,
0: yeah. So one common sort of, uh, um, sort of story is that in only one print survived.
1: That would be pretty dramatic.
0: Yeah, this is this is like demonstrably not true, though. <laughs> oh, like, really? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, actually, uh, I think as of today, I think there are six prints that are known to exist from various sources. Right. There's a there's a really good article on a, on a site called Brenton Film, uh, which has like a really comprehensive uh article about the uh, uh the provenance of Nosferatu and all the different negative all the different sorry the different prints right. of the film yeah uh so anyway the um the main sort of version of the film comes from a Czechoslovakian export print from the 1920s, essentially. Right. Uh, and then that, in turn, was edited into a French version. So then the, Fr- the French version was sort of produced in the 1930s. And then in 1947, uh, the New York Museum of Modern Art, made a copy of that version which became the sort of
1: standard quote-unquote
0: yeah well the quote-unquote public domain version right which is uh it's it's very unclear actually whether or not it was public domain yeah because although even if it wasn't public domain it wasn't clear who actually owned it how do you how do you mean uh because so okay so Prana film was the original owners of it. Yeah. They don't exist anymore, right? No. They and so then the they uh the rights were transferred to um Deutsche
1: American Film Union which essentially the court ruled that the film had no right to exist. So they burn it. So if it has no right,
0: well although then are we saying then there's the possibility that legally we have this to... ruling only well, you see we think where how what's the the um jurisdiction of this ruling right are we
1: legally obligated to destroy every copy we come across
0: no because i don't think so because it's like the german court made this ruling right right can a german court say that uh that this movie is not public domain in America,
1: mm-hmm I mean at this point they don't care <laughs> at
0: this at this point, I actually do know this film is definitely in the public domain okay, so there is a definitive
1: at the end of all this
0: now, as of two thousand and nineteen, which is seventy years after the death of the original screenwriter uh-huh. uh Henrik Galin, uh Seven years after the death of the original screenwriter, this film is almost is 100% in the public domain internationally. There we go. However, it was in the public domain in the United States effectively for a long time, basically, because it wasn't published there. But then the United States changed its copyright law in 1996, <laughs> which put it in line with essentially... It's, it's really complicated. So it was essentially in public domain from 19 up until 1996 and then reverted back into copyright but copyright by who
1: yeah exactly the co- <laughs> like, who don't exist it? anymore Nobody knew. No...
0: <laughs> so anyway essentially this film has been in public domain effectively this film has been in public domain however it's also effectively not in public domain because a lot of the uh, restorations have a copyright on them.
1: Yeah, I think the one that I saw had a copyright. I'm trying to remember yeah, the date. Yeah, so
0: uh, part of that is because of the uh, the music, and the uh, and also because a lot of the titles have been yeah, re Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The one I saw the titles were horrible.
0: Yeah. So, for example, like I think one of the reasons why my laserdisc copy has a soundtrack on it well I mean first of all the original soundtrack is lost so that's gone <laughs> just such a shame uh, I think, yeah the original well it's been sort of partially reconstructed but I think the intention was that the soundtrack was supposed to be played along to the movie live by an orchestra uh, I think part of the reason why you would put your own why there are so many varying scores to this movie is because since the scores were all copyrighted whenever you put out a new print of this movie, you had to put a different score in <laughs> that somebody else didn't own, right? That's
1: awesome. Because so, yeah, you couldn't well,
0: directly just copy the thing because you would also be copying the score.
1: Yeah, like, uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but, ba- well, we have, but basically out of everything, the, the thing that is the most different is there's more copies of the score than anything. Like, I've heard yeah. s- at least six different scores, if not more. yeah.
0: And part of the reason is also just because of um, because this was a silent film, so there's sort of uh, something called the Academy Ratio. I don't know if you've heard of that.
1: No, I have not.
0: Which is uh, at a certain point in time, the uh, the Academy of Motion Picture uh, uh, standardized how film would be laid out on a strip of film. And so it, there was a spot that was left for sound on right. the film right yeah. next to the picture. And so they sort of cropped the, the image just slightly. Okay. Um, and so this was done before that. So the entire frame was taken up by the image. Right. So there was no strip for the sound. So as a result, none of the, even if you...
1: It wouldn't have been included.
0: Yeah, it w- the sound wouldn't have been included, basically.
1: It would have had to be a separate
0: tape. It would have had to be a separate tape, or you would have had to duplicate this onto a smaller ratio picture, which would have been more complicated. Gotcha. Um, and then add your films. Well, that makes so sense, So basically, yeah. you couldn't easily synchronize film to this movie, you would have to add it separately,
1: Yeah, basically. well, so it goes to show how many different versions there are, just based on, like, you know, I read about... Like the versions, and then I went and read your notes on the versions, mm-hmm. and they were totally different than mine. Yeah, Um
0: <laughs> just, just, I mean, to be
1: fair, the, there's a million. Different the book versions. that I used, the book that I used as a source, I think was from 1974. So obviously, yeah, because there have been a lot of different
0: versions since then as well.
1: Exactly, there's been a lot of versions. The as of 1974, though, there was it. It was just talking about like a German copy and a French copy. Um, right, but I think the German copy might be the Czechoslovakian.
0: Well, so okay, so the Czechoslovakian copy, like the 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 Museum of Modern Art copy, which is sort of, it's the version that my laser disc comes from, uh, is yeah, was the most common print sort of for a really long time, and it was an edited copy of a French copy, which was an edited copy of a Czechoslovakian copy, which was a copy of the original right. negative.
1: Right. So, so what I, yeah, what I read is that, so there's the German copy of the original negative. Okay. Um, and then there's a French copy, which I think is a copy of that. Yes. Uh, wait. Okay. So there is also
0: a French copy that's an original 1922 print from the original negative with the original tinting.
1: In these two versions that were discussed in this book, is there's like, and I do remember seeing this in one of the versions I've watched before. Oh, okay, so like, sorry, the, there
0: is there is a German copy. Right. Okay, so yes. So there is but that original 1922 version of the German version doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So the version exactly. that the German copy comes from is a copy of a copy of the negative, which is a 1962 <laughs> safety copy.
1: This is, this is getting and appar- so apparently Apparently
0: that, apparently the uh, the German copy was in terrible shape. Right. So as, as it, it it might have been a very really good copy of it from like a, you know, point of view of like, this is how the film is laid out, but also like the picture but, quality would but have been no. bad. Oh, it's not. It-
1: well the, this the German copy has a 1000 meters of additional film. Oh. <laughs> and it's got like a bunch of added scenes that were definitely like added by some like distributor or something. So you think they just wanted to like, like make the
0: movie longer to like, you know, I don't know, maybe charge more for the ticket.
1: That and and like maybe it was like they were trying to to like they thought it, they it looks like they were trying to make it less dark by all accounts okay. like they 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 added scenes like during uh hooters travels to the castle mm-hmm. there's like a clip that cuts in that is like and hooter encounters merry feasts on his way mm. and then there's like this like really like brightly lit like feast and hooters not in the scene obviously oh, it's just like
0: because <laughs> it's not from the movie <laughs> exactly,
1: and then there's this like another scene, apparently, where there's like, well, I, this one I've seen, I don't remember that 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 banquet scene, but there's this one where there's like a woman laughing uproariously mm. at a hen that continuously lays eggs. <laughs> it's a really weird cutaway <laughs> okay, um and the the cameraman who we mentioned earlier fritz Fritz Wagner, um he attested that he didn't remember shooting any of those scenes, so it was definitely yeah, added weird later. And that the pacing between the German version and the French version was slightly different. Okay, But I think the major difference is that Ellen survives in mm. this weird version.
0: Uh, Wait, do they have, like, footage? Like, how did they do that? Did they just change what the title cards say?
1: They, I think they just included footage of her from the beginning. Oh, at
0: the... Okay, I see.
1: At the end. Right. And then the title cards, like, were, like, and they lived happily ever yeah, after. Yeah, so there's, like,
0: a very... Just a ton of different versions, and like the length of this ranges between like you know sixty minutes and like ninety five minutes. The sixty minute versions are obviously yeah. the ones with the frame rate that's incorrect.
1: Yeah, but that's it's like it's so they're all kind of patchwork because because like the French copy it, it was saying included like um, important scenes like the the, mm-hmm. the coffin in the in the courtyard of the castle yeah. where he like he loads himself into the coffin. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's like a, the, the scene in the, on the boat where like the swing swinging hammock of the dead sailor or something. Yeah. Um, these apparently weren't in the German copy, but these they're in the copies that I've seen.
0: I'm going to assume that like that, like that's not extra footage. That's probably footage that was meant to be in the movie, given that the original negative was destroyed. So they couldn't have got those bits to put in there.
1: What do you? Oh yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Anything that has orlock or hooter in it, you can assume yeah, is is probably real. Hooter. I keep I, every time I say hooter, I feel like I'm just saying like hooter.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what ho- I mean? Hooter? Like like an owl. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I
1: I feel like I'm gonna have to start saying like hooter. That's just good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So but yeah. The the version that's agreed upon generally to be the most accurate version uh, is the 2006 Restored Edition. Mm-hmm. And that comes from a 1922 French version of the film that is a copy of the original negative.
1: Right. Okay.
0: However, obviously, it's got French titles, and apparently it was missing a couple scenes. <laughs> oh, my God. So for the 2006 edition, they mainly based the whole thing off the um, the French version, which had the uh, best picture fidelity, basically, yeah. and had the original tinting, which, and this is what I meant by monochromatic instead of black yeah, and white, because the film, many scenes in the film have color filters on them, and the original film was tinted.
1: And it's, like, it's an atmospheric choice. Yeah, it's like...
0: it, it, yeah it was a choice. But, yeah, because obviously they didn't have color film, but they did have the ability to dye black and yeah. white film in color.
1: Yeah, so it's, like, blue. Yeah, or, or like, yeah.
0: Or, I, I mean, most of the color on my Laserdisc version, which is not the definitive version, but is fairly close to it, has, uh, has sort of a, um, a yellowish filter on most of the movie.
1: Yeah, well, when he was in... Camp, the closer he got to the castle, it got, like, bluer and bluer. Exactly,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they were able to figure out what the tinting, the correct tinting for all the scenes was based on this <laughs> French copy, and it also had the best picture fidelity.
1: So it makes sense that it's the...
0: So, they used that, and then they used other... Um, other uh, prints to get scenes that we're missing
1: and that's kind of what i figured is like the the most the best version the fullest version is going to be one yeah that, like, clips from all the because yeah you can't available options. you can't
0: definitively say like the original version just doesn't exist so what are you gonna do
1: exactly yeah we're just watching and yeah, it,
0: it also interpretations it also includes um a uh a reconstructed score of of uh what's his name's erdman's uh, heinrich erdman is that his name uh, his score. Uh, the guy who wrote the original score, you mean? Hans Erdmann. Hans Erdmann, not Heinrich. I'm an idiot. Close. <laughs> is there a Heinrich Erdmann? <laughs> I don't know. There's a Hans Erdman. Hans is, Erdmann yes. uh, wrote the score initially. His score was partially lost, but it's been partially reconstructed. And that All is right. the score that you will hear on the uh, Definitive Edition. Although my Laserdisc copy and a lot of earlier dvd copies uh include a organ score by um uh what's his name Timothy Howard Yeah it's, I, it's in the notes it's in the fucking notes <laughs> if you <even> read it <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah so they they use a a very good organ score for for the film That's i think
1: uh, my favorite score that I've heard so yeah. far
0: there are a lot of copies that essentially just have random fucking music that has nothing to do with the movie, though.
1: The one again, the one I watched was like clearly trying to, yeah, to be a score, but it was not good. Did you Moments go on
0: archive.org? Is that where you yes, found it? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They have a couple different versions there. Um,
1: yeah, there's a few.
0: None of them are great, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, no, they're really not. <laughs> but yeah, I I highly recommend the uh, either the 2006 restored edition or the uh, the uh, Image uh, Blackhawk Films version, which is the, the laserdisc version, It's also available on DVD.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if all all else fails, it's on archive.org.
0: Yeah, and there are various versions on archive.org, or also on YouTube as well.
1: Public domain. Yeah. So. So with that should we should we get into our our final thoughts on this movie?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I like that you've included some of your favorite shots because I think yeah. that's kind of the best way to kind of go about talking about this movie cuz it's silent, so it's it's obviously so visually striking. Yeah. And and especially cuz of how early it is, it's especially so um yeah, 100% do you, do you want to talk about some of the shots you picked here, maybe? Yes. Yeah, and then
0: so, your other thoughts as well. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. So I think like obviously one of the things that's so great about this movie is just how it has got so many just compelling images in it. Um, and like, first of all, I want to highlight just the uh, the the sort of shot of Ellen on the beach. Sort of uh, waiting for Hooder shot. to come back. It's such a great shot. It looks so, like, so wonky and, like, so just bleak and melancholy. Yeah. And,
1: like, the, 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 the ocean's kind of washed out. So it looks kind of endless.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It looks like some kind of, like, dream world.
1: And it's just so, it's so windy, too. It is. It's perfect. Yeah, it's a really good shot. It,
0: it's, it's really great. Um, we'll, uh, post the other... we'll post all of these. Yeah. We'll post all of these. Uh, I also the the shot on the ship where uh he's uh sort of oh, yeah, that's uh, a classic chasing one, yeah. after the uh the captain who's lashing himself to the wheel and it's just sort of it it's 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 looking up from sort of the lower level of the ship and looking up at Orlock and you see him against the rigging and everything and he's got his claws out he looks just like Yeah, that's like the super mo- one evil, of the medieval to fuck up like uh
1: the most well lit scenes
0: yeah definitely um also i love the scene God, at the his end. fingers
1: are creepy yeah really
0: the scene near the end where uh he's sort of peering through the window at uh oh ellen.
1: yeah ellen across, that one is fucking terrifying and, and he, like, they do the fade out
0: i think in there don't they
1: oh yeah where he like disappears yeah
0: yeah um and they
1: definitely definitely do it when he like shows up with his coffin like honestly, him walking around carrying his coffin full of dirt is so oh, yeah. unsettling.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I guess that must have been empty when he was actually carrying. It, yeah, like, I can't. It's... I can't imagine carrying the entire coffin full of fucking dirt. As no, an that's actor. what
1: makes it so unsettling.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it's showing his super strength. Uh, yeah. Obviously, obviously, the classic scene of him walking up the stairs with the shadow. Yeah, that is. That's probably the most famous shot from this movie. That's I think. yeah. As iconic like,
1: as it gets. His silhouette against his the staircase. His silhouette up
0: against the staircase. And you see the staircase silhouette as well. And, like, that... I think that really sort of typifies expression German expressionism. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't that's that's that, kind of what like we that were that's...
1: describing earlier when you were talking about the shadows. Like, yeah. that's... That image to me is is German expressionism.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's German expressionism right there. And also, the scene... Just, I love this bit where sort of uh Hooter sees Orlok sort of coming into his room and they yeah, do the, the back f- and forth cut uh, between the two like, of them. yeah,
1: the first time you see Orlok, really. And
0: Hutter's just, like, sees him coming and he knows there's nothing he can do about it. He's just going to get him, you know? Yeah,
1: he's, like, p- p- petrified with terror.
0: Yeah, petrified with terror. And there's literally nothing he can do to escape. And then they cut back to Ellen as well.
1: This movie definitely right spooked enough. me.
0: Yeah, it's it's really spooky. Especially if you you watch this in a dark room, man, like Yeah. You
1: know. dark room alone at night. I mean, hey,
0: you know, uh if you're looking for something to do on Halloween because you can't because of coronavirus, uh, you exactly. know, watching this movie. This is, is a, good a, thing a to great
1: do. movie to watch. Yes.
0: This is a great movie to watch. Uh, yeah. Uh so what what about you? Uh No, I mean, that's you, 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 you yeah. You, I mean, obviously I'd love this movie. I'm holding this fucking special edition laser disc here. Uh, I wrote a song about this movie. Uh, (laughs) It's clearly
1: one of your favorite movies. Clearly one of my favorite movies. (laughs) And it's quickly Uh, become one of my favorite movies. Like, I mean, it's obviously it's an acquired taste for for a lot of reasons, because it's a silent movie.
0: Yeah, you gotta be able to sort of um, (laughs) deal with, like, it won't hold your attention on its own, at least not the first time. You kind of have to give it the... uh, you you kinda have to wanna buy into it.
1: Yeah. You you it needs a little bit of room to breathe. It needs some yeah, room so, to breathe. Um but it's like the imagery is is so Very compelling. Uh, compelling. Yeah. That it's like uh, and I mean enough people know the Dracula story vaguely that I think it's like Yeah you, you kinda can, know
0: where it's going. You know where it's going, yeah. Um, Although some differences, but yeah, but once again also in a lot of ways more accurate than the 1930s. Some of the Dracula. subsequent films, yeah. Yeah. Um it, I don't know if you've seen Coppola's uh uh Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula, but yes, that's a I terrible have. fucking movie <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> all respect all due respect to, to Francis Ford Coppola, but uh, <laughs> that movie's just fucking terrible. Two
1: members of the Coppola family met, um mentioned today.
0: Oh, Nikki 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 Kim. Nicholas Kim Coppola. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh does Sophia Coppola have any relation to the movie either? <laughs> no, not that I'm aware of, but not that I do Uh also not that I'm aware of any Star Trek connections. Oh, there's one.
1: Oh yeah. I forgot
0: about this actually. Uh let me quickly play the music while I double check my facts here. <laughs> uh Yeah, we're just gonna... Right, so little quick 6 degrees of Star Trek here. It's really nothing because as you may know, this movie is nearly a uh, what years do you old. expect? And what do you what do you expect? What do you really expect I'm going to find? <laughs> uh so um first thing is that if you ever watched Star Trek Nemesis, which is a terrible movie, uh <laughs> the Riemann makeup in Star Trek Nemesis is very clearly based off uh the Nozaru makeup.
1: What do I Google to find
0: this? What do I Star Trek Remans? How do you R-E- spell Reman? Remans? R e m a n s. I don't remember what that looks like. It's probably because you don't remember the movie because it's terrible.
1: No, I don't remember that movie. <laughs> anyway, go on while I find. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And so the other thing is, this is obviously unprovable, but if you've ever watched Star Trek Enterprise, the character of Trip Tucker, uh, often does movie nights on the enterprise and he is a mm-hmm. big horror aficionado especially early horror films and i would like to think that at some point you know obviously this is never shown on screen but i'd like to think you watch nosferatu in one of those movie nights Yeah,
1: i'm sure it's canon i'm sure you like yeah who would we ask I, about that like who could uh, we get that who would we email to get that certified canon
0: i, I mean like i we we could email like the episode writer or well no, because it would have been not in an episode. I guess we could it, or or maybe uh maybe the actor would know. Maybe Connor Turner would know. Maybe it was in his notes somewhere.
1: Whether Nosferatu was in the on the list. Was one of his was one of his favorite. I movies. mean, maybe it was cut, maybe it was in a deleted scene.
0: Yeah, maybe it was in a deleted scene. So yeah, I will I will you get never, right never... on that. I will write to Connor Turnier and ask him if he knows.
1: So that's the most alleged trek we've had. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what do you expect from this yes, movie seriously what do you expect alright so um I think that pretty much wraps it up I mean for
1: Nosferatu yeah I mean thank you for watching to our, hallo- our, uh, our thank you for listening ooh,
0: spooky Halloween yeah thank you for listening to our spooky Halloween episode but incidentally but you know incidentally there's also something even spookier happening so <laughs> or possibly spooky it could turn out okay Um, Uh,
1: either way it's spooky man i'm fucking spooked regardless
0: i'm fucking spooked so we have a bit of a a psa for our american listeners
1: and we know you exist
0: we know you exist i'm talking to you people in pennsylvania texas (laughs) michigan iowa don't think we don't know where you are (laughs)
1: and we've got what there's some people in california but i guess some people in california too what we're getting at here is what we're
0: getting at is you guys have an election coming up it's obviously really really important and we just want to try to help encourage you to vote yeah because we're not yeah
1: like i don't know if it's legal for us to tell you who to vote for. yeah
0: is this well i mean you know is this is this foreign election interference maybe but you know (laughs)
1: <laughs> Interference implies that...
0: Come at us, FBI. There's an effect. No, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So not only uh, is this an important message for those living in the United States, but also American citizens living in our great home of Canada.
1: Or anywhere else, but... Or anywhere else, if you listen Because we to are Canadians, yeah. Yeah,
0: but... <laughs> Um So yeah, obviously, you know, we cannot vote. As you may know, we are from Canada. Uh but you know you guys are our friends, America. We love you. We are tied to you. We are we are tied to you. We are shackled. You shackled. Shackled. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um so anyway, uh if you if you are unclear on how to vote where you are um you 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 probably still have time i don't know it depends on which state you are from what i know it's very complicated but go to iwillvote.com and that will help you find out uh make a plan to
1: vote
0: iwillvote.com com. if you live in the united states of america if you are living abroad for example in canada you can mm-hmm. go to the Federal Voters Assistance Program. That is F-V-A-P.gov.
1: FVAP.gov.
0: That is the Federal Voters Assistance Program. That is for uh, those of you living abroad. And once again, if you're living in the USA, go to IWillVote.com to make a plan to vote. We're we're and begging
1: you, American voters. We're begging you, and you know, it. and you, this
0: is this is the really important part. It's not it's not if you go on any of those sites, it, it won't tell you this part. But but it, it's it's really really crucially important that that when you're filling out that ballot, make sure that you bubble in that spot that says Joe Biden. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so. But okay, so it's really easy to make a mistake. You might slip and you know fill in <laughs> Joe Jorgensen. That kind of sounds like Joe Biden, right? There's similarities, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's but similarities no. for sure. Joe <laughs> Biden.
0: That's what you gotta fill out. Um, That's you know, yeah. you know, I wanna I wanna come down to the states. I wanna I want I wanna get a Philly cheesesteak in Philly. You know, I wanna yeah, get we- a fucking pastrami sandwich from New York City, but I can't right now. We
1: kind of want our hockey teams to play yours.
0: Yeah, we want our hockey teams to play your hockey teams, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully it all turns out well and it's not too spooky. But uh, good luck and go at it. and uh, Please vote. Please, please vote. Please vote. (laughs) Vote for Joe. Uh, All right. So I guess that wraps it up. Yeah, yeah. Thanks All right, for listening we will, everybody. We will come back at you next week with, with the th- conclusion of uh Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla.
1: Yes, yes. And don't forget to uh 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 follow us on your social medias.
0: Absolutely. And
1: and subscribe to us on your po- podcast, podcast platforms app of choice. You know, there's still this issue with Spotify. Uh oh, jeez. Um, yeah,
0: I got to email them actually. We're we're working on it. Yeah.
1: We haven't forgotten. I think a lot of it has to do with the music we're playing
0: uh, yeah I think it might also have to do with I don't think anyway uh, there's some there, very there's confusing technical issues where I think they might not like uh, AAC
1: so there's a lot the point being yeah. there's a lot we're working on it we'll, yeah. we'll we'll let you know when there's some updates All on right. that we'll, front we'll
0: get to it but uh, yeah
1: But anyway, enjoy your, enjoy your spooky
0: season enjoy your spooky Halloween and if you're American go vote <laughs> go vote you know what's spookier than Nosferatu? Four more years America. of America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so much spookier. I'd take Nosferatu any day.
0: Absolutely. I'd rather he be the president.
1: <laughs> oh, he'd make such a better president.
0: no, I argument. mean, he'd be bad, but you yeah, don't know, think not that bad. Good... No one's
1: saying Nosferatu would be a good...